Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Let's go! Let's go! Hello, the internet, and welcome to this special week trend, week weekend trending, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it has so many names. Let's uh, go! <laughs> let's go, as we call it. Um, <laughs> where we tell you what was trending over the weekend, what's trending on this fine Monday morning. Um, it was, uh, my name's Jack O'Brien. Thrilled to be joined by super producer Brian Jeffries. Jack <laughs> O'Brien. It's Brian the editor. I'm here. Brian the editor. Oh, that's right. My bad. My bad. My bad. You forgot about the rebrand. It's okay. It's okay. We all we all make mistakes. I fucked up. I fucked right. you, man. I'm sorry. All right. Let's just let's just, look look. Let's just start the whole you thing over the top, again, man. again, 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 <laughs> until you get it's it. Right. Brian the editor. There this is we the fifth go. Time we've gone through it. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long morning. Demanding. It's, it's called it's branding. T- it's ten thirty right now. Yeah. Just letting you guys know. <laughs> we usually record at nine. We're an yeah. hour and a half late. Because uh, I keep fucking up the restarts. intro. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was uh, just first thing about the weekend. I gotta say. I say this whenever like Christmas or Valentine's Day or St. Patty's Day happens on the weekend. It's weird to have January 6th happen on the weekend, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like all the parties and things you like wear to work in honor of the yeah. January 6th political prisoners. It's just it's not the same dressing up as a January 6th political prisoner on the weekend. I mean, I still know? take a, I still take a work day off just cause <laughs> right. but it is it, i get what you mean it's totally weird like to what are my January kids 6. gonna get into a yelling match with oh, me I'm not, yeah i don't send you my know? kids i don't send my kids to school on anywhere near Jan- <laughs> i don't send my kids to school in january what do you think i'm an idiot january 6th yeah i mean my kids barely know that biden's name isn't brandon 
They just think that's his name, you know? Like, what? they're not going to be fun to get into an argument with. No. But anyways, happy January 6th. Happy belated January 6th to you and with your spirit. And, um, and unto you as well. And unto you. Um, so yeah, this is a special episode. We recorded early Monday. We tell you what was trending. And we also tell you a little, little something about what's going on with us um, by telling you our own, our very own overrated, underrated. Um, my overrated, I got a couple here. Um, bacon packaging. Hmm. Like the vacuum seal kind? Yeah. Like the like little envelope vacuum seal where... Like, oh, with the flap that you slide the little... Yeah, the, the little flat. Oh, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Like, it, it feels like there should be a good resealable package by now, but it's just such a mess. Like, the second you open it once, it, like, it, it's kind of fucked. You just have to cook all the bacon, or at least I do. I haven't, I haven't yeah. figured out the right way to deal with that thing. Yeah, because it's... it's yeah, because I made a, I made a bolognese last week, and uh, I couldn't find pancetta, so I used bacon, and hey. I made sure to find the smallest pack of bacon so that I right. could use everything. Because I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. This greasy, slippery, thin little package that I'm gonna have in in the fridge, slipping around. But every other food has like multiple packagings that you can buy. Like cereal has the box, but it also has the bag and the resealable bag. And question? Yes, Beyonce. Uh, what is your ideal packaging for bacon? Well, if I not, haven't. If not the the slippery uh, ziplock. I'm bag. not a fucking engineer here, man. All right, I'm I'm just saying that like somebody should have come up with something <laughs> <Wow>. better. <laughs> that question. Sorry to get sorry to get so defensive. All right, let's um, just start the podcast over. I am man. bawling my fists <laughs> up right now. Um, but I don't like I I looked into like why is this the reason like why or why is what is the reason for why this is just the standard way to package bacon and it has to do with like marketing basically like they want to it's called a shingle pack brian as i'm sure you know uh reference to the way the slices kind of overlap with one another and Uh are kind of like fanned out but they say that basically they like to show the red part you know how bacon like has the small red part and then like a lot of fat and even though the fat is what makes the bacon taste good, it's also the thing that like looks the least appetizing before it's cooked. And so people like want to not, or the, the marketers want to not show off the fat. So that seems to be like, I, I found a Forbes article that was like kind of pro the packaging. And they're like, it's actually like an ingenious way to, uh, just show a relatively unbroken field of red protein, creating the illusion that the bacon is leaner than it is. Um, but it's oh, God, the way white people explain things. That's our <laughs> I think I think it should be sold like a roll of tape, where you just like ha- can pull a strip of bacon off oh, one at a time. <laughs> now, all right, yeah, sorry, sorry, I got so. I think it should. Furious. I think bacon should come in a jar, but whatever. Never mind. <laughs> just floating um (laughs) yeah i don't know so that's i i feel like somebody's gonna come and be like actually it has to be stored that way i I read somebody with like some explanation of why like they don't do the resealable packaging because it would just lead people to reuse bacon too late 
like there's like no good way to preserve bacon, I guess. Um, once you open the packaging, it's like you, you should be using it as quickly as possible. Um, but I don't know. Just such a mess. It feels like it could be improved upon. Um, come on, capitalism. I feel like you can do better than this. Yeah, um, bacon jars. Bacon jars. Uh, what is, what's something you think is overrated? Um, okay, I'm going to keep this uh, as brief as I can, because <laughs> once I get going on this, I can uh -oh. go for like 45 fucking minutes. Uh -oh. um, my overrated is having, having like a, an organic human body. I guess is uh, one way to put it. Mm -hmm. um, so let me explain. I love food. Um, I love drinks. I love tasty things uh, mm -hmm. of all kinds. But I'd say once a year, I have this meter in my head somewhere that just fills up. And once it fills up, I kind of have a meltdown of, I'm so fucking sick of having to put things in my body to keep it going. Um, yeah. And I just, I just kind of like have this existential crisis in my head of, man, it's so exhausting being, being human, being human and having to tend to my human body. Yeah. Um, like no, no matter how much I love food, I'd say like once a year this happens and I'm just, um, I'm in the midst of it right now. And I'm just, I, I'm so, uh, Tired I'm so of down, having I'm to so eat. I'm so down on like not food, but just like the process, mm -hmm. eating, drinking, shitting, uh, the whole works. I'm just like, oh my god, can I, can I just replace everything from the neck down with robot parts or something? Yeah, just plug in at night. Or like I was thinking the up. other day, I always have these mad thoughts where I'm like, damn, it'd be kind of crazy if you could have like some sort of like some sort of sci-fi food where it's like you only have to like where you can eat like a snake basically where you just right. eat this thing and then you're good for like you're two done. weeks how doesn't that exist it feels like that should <sighs> exist for for people who similarly get tired of you i guess it's, like that's it's kind of dystopian yeah but that's true honestly there's some times where i would i would totally go for it just so yeah I, just so i can like because, you know, sometimes if you're especially like if I'm busy and I'm in one of these moods, I just have no interest in food. I'm just yeah. like, whatever, just give me noodles or popcorn or whatever. Just something that I can make quickly and I don't have to think about. The two major food groups. Yeah. Noodles and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's my overrated. I just went a little nutty this weekend. Fucking nuts, man. You're really out there, dude. <sighs> um, yeah, I feel like Silicon Valley is going to come up with something for you you know they, they already had the soylent uh, a direct <laughs> reference to uh soylent green so i feel like yeah, they're going they did. to yeah I, I knew people that drank that and i yeah. was like this you cool with this <laughs> this doesn't alarm you i mean it's basically the same thing it's like you just replace all your eating with like chugging this thing down in five seconds and then you don't have to think about eating at all and like stark white packaging with block yeah. letters it's just, it yeah. just something alarming about it yeah yeah I feel like they, they could do for a rebrand just focused on people who want to be robots. Robot juice. Um, recharge. You know, so fo focus it that way. Make it slick. Make it less uh, dystopian. Um, all right. My underrated uh, is how staged everything is. Um, so, so I'm not on TikTok as much as a lot of other people. 
Um, but there is there's this tweet from somebody who uh, let let me quote them directly. So it's Vinny Thomas, Vin underscore A. Uh, tweeted, I really don't want to see millennials and Gen Z making fun of boomers anymore because the way many of you watch staged TikTok skits and respond to them like they're documentaries is frankly nuts. Um, it's giving grandma sharing a picture of a Photoshop bird and saying, wow, nature is so beautiful. And then he says, I think this says a lot about the way men are socialized to misbehave on public transportation, particularly in the West attributed to many of you after you see the worst actor in the world yelling on a fake airplane. <laughs> um, so I'm not like fully, I I've seen a couple of these. Uh, I'm not like fully up on the TikTok culture, but this is something that I've noticed just generally, like we're not suspicious of things being staged. The, the main place that I saw it recently was, um, did you see the Stephen A Smith segment on his ESPN show? where somebody like called in and asked him a question about cars, the Disney movie cars. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> no. All right. Let, here, let's, let's play that clip real quick. Danny in Wisconsin, you're live with Stephen A. What's up, Danny? Talk to me. Stephen A. Smith, uh, when you think about the GOAT of sports, you think about Mike with six, Brady with seven rings, but where do you rank a guy like Lightning McQueen with seven Piston Cups? Hmm. I would tell you he wouldn't be the GOAT. How are you going to be the GOAT? Because you talk about the movie Cars, right? You talk about the movie Cars, right? I mean, when you talk yeah, about Stripper like King Weathers like and, and Lightning <sighs> McQueen, they're both tied with seven Piston Cups. Strip Weathers. You've got about him? How can you be oh, the GOAT? You got somebody that's tied with that. you? You got somebody that's tied with you? Sorry, that ain't gonna work. Well, I know you tried to catch me with that. You didn't think I knew that about that. You didn't think I knew no, about cars, hey, did you? Hey, when you think, you think about, okay. when you you think about slept on a brother. Though, it's not you slept on a brother. Piston cups. He's got 28 circuits. He's got 28 circuits under his belt. Strip Weathers has seven piston cups. I am not this about to sit here and argue with a grown-ass so man about the movie cars. Oh, come on. Painful. Strip Weathers has seven yeah. piston cups. And then the guy like starts responding and being like, oh, come on. I don't agree with that. Strip Weather, like, and it's uh the the response like i've seen a lot of people on social media be like amazing and like the most skeptical people have been is like he must have had someone feeding him facts but it seems obvious yeah, to me that like the paper right in front of him you could see him reading <laughs> yeah and the the caller was clearly a plant like yeah. like that that wasn't a real caller you guys that was just a guy who works for him <laughs> that was like or an intern or something like that but they had like a video or you know a picture of lightning mcqueen like ready to go right away the second the guy called so i don't like this doesn't bother me like i it makes stephen a smith i think seem funnier and more uh approachable than i, I think he probably actually is but fine but like, I'm just wondering, is this something we've decided culturally, like just without saying it, that like we're going to take everything at face value because it's more fun that way? And we're just like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, fine. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely noticed like little, little sprinklings of this uh, all over, like, you know, on uh, YouTube, Reddit, like people, um, there is a certain gullibility of this age that I find fascinating that, that people will go in for this kind of stuff um yeah. more easily than you would think this feels this feels like pr to make him 
seem more huggable than he actually is. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's good TV. It clearly worked. It's just, I, I'm just curious if we have all decided, like, we're good with just bullshit like this. Like, it, it's what well-executed bullshit, but it seems clearly, like, bullshit to me. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's, like, some law that says you can't have a fake caller call in, and that's why people are assuming it wasn't, but it just feels... Because taking, taking this at face value, you have to ignore so many production things, like, right. of, like, he's, he's clearly got notes on this. Like, you know, the guy running, like, the blue screen clearly has all his slides lined the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah. This I wasn't mean, and that could be cup, obvious. Yeah, I mean, obviously the calls are screened, but, like, it still just feels like the whole thing is a setup, which is is fine. Like I said, it's just a weird thing that I feel like because we're used to seeing these like set up fake videos and like fake prank videos and stuff like that on YouTube. But, like we've just had our tolerance for this sort of thing just kind of opened up to a point that now we're just like, yeah, you can get away with anything. The, trick us daddy we're not we're not even paying attention we don't care anyways what uh what's something brian that you think is underrated okay um you know speaking of the internet i just discovered a youtube channel called bobby fingers now what is bobby fingers it's real fucking hard to explain and i'm gonna do (laughs) my best so bobby fingers is an irish uh comedian slash musician slash sculptor model maker um and he's found a way to marry all of those things into um the youtube format and um the first video i watched of his was a him making a diorama of mel gibson getting arrested in malibu wow. and he makes these things and he's really 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 talented uh first of all like yeah very like, be- beautifully really created uh, Look at this. Yeah. He uses all this technology and uh, clay, and it's just, he's really good at making dioramas, like on a professional, like movie level. But he's got a, the sense of humor of, uh, you know, Lemmy from Lemmy's show, uh, uh-huh. but, but Irish instead of Scottish. And um, it's just surreal. It's a surreal channel. Uh, his latest video is him making a rowboat, full-size rowboat, in the shape of Jeff Bezos' head. It's real weird. Um, a rowboat that the boat itself is in the shape of Jeff Bezos' head. Yeah. Look, look at this. And I find it difficult not to be inspired by this. Because if Jeff Bezos can venture into the great unknown <laughs> in a ship shaped like a massive dick, <laughs> then so can I. <laughs> and uh yeah yeah it, it's, wait i want to see it does it is it seafaring like is it water worthy yeah. wow Gather, sons, and hear me tell of a ship that and then he sings it like every video ends with a chanty. song yes yeah. every song every video ends with a song and then he like <laughs> takes this thing he just made and he he'll go bury it and then he'll tell you that he hid the GPS coordinates somewhere in the video and that you can go like find it. Wow. It's it's just this crazy piece of performance art. 
and it's it's surreal it like it's surreal and fascinating you get to watch someone work on their craft but it's more than the sum of its parts i guess is why i like it, it because it's not just all those things i mentioned it really does come out to be you're like you come out of it like what the fuck did i just watch but yeah in a in a really good way he also has a diorama of the famous story of steven seagal getting choked out and shitting himself um (laughs) just highly recommend it check out bobby fingers i'll I'll link it in the uh the show notes show notes um amazing kind of looks like robert pattinson playing like it in the light up yeah (laughs) like uglied up for the lighthouse um very cool great underrated man um that was by the way one that you came up with on the fly when we started you did not have an underrated Mm -hmm. well well done um Let's take a quick break. Should we? Should we take a quick break? Come back and uh, talk about some news stories from over the weekend, including the Golden Globes monologue. Meow. (laughs) And that is a tease to another story we'll be talking about, about Kat. We will be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. 
Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. We're back. And so the Golden Globes aired Sunday, and the big winners were Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and Succession. And the big loser was everyone who had to sit through that monologue. Am I right? <laughs> um, did you watch it? I'm, I'm assuming you didn't watch the Golden Globes. Um, or you would be howling with laughter. No, joke. I didn't watch the Golden Globes because I'm a regular person. And I, I only watch trade shows in my industry. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, <laughs> but I I support their uh you know their right to exist I suppose, but yeah, yeah I don't know what the fuck's going on with the Golden Globes but yeah I I heard tell that it was bad, and I, yeah. I don't know why they still televise it. So he got up there. He was like barely given any time to prepare apparently, and uh was announced as the host of the show a few weeks ago. I don't even know who this guy is. Who's... It's just a stand-up comedian. Joe Coy is a stand-up comedian. Um, they, you know, settled on having him host a couple weeks ago and the jokes were going over so well that in the middle of the monologue, he just like threw the, <laughs> threw the whole thing under the, he said, some I wrote, some other people wrote like after nobody laughed at his joke. And then he said, yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Shut up. You're kidding me, right? I wrote some of these and they're the ones you're laughing at. So there, like you, it's like having an argument inside his head in front of everybody. Oh um, boy, it was tough. Maybe hire someone a little more secure in their position. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a brutal. Like the reaction videos are pretty amazing. I, I suggest like going for just like a kind of highlight reel of reaction videos to the jokes because you said he's not a comedian. He is. He's a stand-up comedian who's like had but a bunch of. But he can't handle Netflix. bombing. Like bombing's part of the job. I don't know. I think it's hard to bomb in that like large of a large scale, like high stakes of a situation. You know, like everybody is watching. I, it's probably the highest profile thing he's I ever guess, done in his career. I guess when you look at it that way, because I can't not see it as this is just a trade show with like my friends and like colleagues. So like, what's the big deal? Like we're just fucking around, right? Right. Because to was, me, trade shows are always cringe. So it's yeah. like, what's the big deal? But to him, I could see, yeah, I guess this is like, there's a lot of big names in the room. You don't want to embarrass yourself. Yeah. And like, I just feel like it's a thankless task. Um, generally, the. Yeah. Like, there's that Chris Rock one where he joked about how Jude Law is in everything and like, was like what's why which is like true but for a while there jude law was in like every movie that came out and then like sean penn got up there and was like i tell you why jude law is one of the finest actors that we've had like just like real mad well and, sean uh, penn doesn't understand humor yeah yeah he he just and, and it's not like a very uh conducive environment for like a roasting you know w but like that's what people so the audience expects one thing like the television watching audience the audience in the room is like don't fucking talk about it's me, so man. funny because it's set up exactly like a roast kind of yeah exactly <laughs> like the layout is very roast like yeah the thing with 
the Golden Globes that's supposed to set them apart is it's open bar, so everybody's drinking and like having fun. But it was just that was not the vibe at, at all. But like I said, the reaction from the crowd of famous actors, they were just like not giving him anything. Like it was just they were using all of their acting and you know physical facial control to just hang this motherfucker out to dry. Yeah. (laughs) That is brutal shit. It almost like makes me wonder if we should just send out one stand-up comedian every year to sacrifice their career. And we can just (laughs) and we can just see the most gifted actors be wordlessly cruel to someone because that's kind of the exercise of Okay, who's your first pick? (laughs) (laughs) To sacrifice uh, no, don't answer that. Don't answer that. We, yeah. we, due due, due hey, to man, the nature of the show, get canceled. Due man. to the nature of the show, you can't you can't be doing that. Yeah, we need Rogan support, so I yeah. can't say him. Um, but yeah, there are people responding like they just like got a terminal diagnosis to some of his jokes, like just like putting their head in their hands and shit. <laughs> like it became a thing. Like as it was going on, it was like, all right, how cruelly can we react to each of these attempted jokes? Yeah, because I guess there's like a fucked up like feedback loop in the room with <laughs> yeah. something. Because it's like, yeah, it would be totally different. Because we've all seen people bomb, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is it's got to hit different when you see like I don't know, fucking Leonardo DiCaprio like wincing. <laughs> yeah, like tr- truly, <laughs> people were like wincing and just like averting their gaze, and uh, but like in a very studied. Uh, well-crafted way like they're they're good at giving somebody absolutely nothing because they're fucking actors so they're great so yeah uh, it's it was entertaining i will say i didn't watch it live um but i, I went back and watched the monologue and uh <laughs> just christopher nolan yelling please pass the mic <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um all right uh there's a weird story from over the weekend that the secretary of defense uh lloyd austin reportedly went for an elective medical procedure at the end of December, uh, had to be admitted to the ICU on New Year's Day after experiencing severe pain, um, and the White House, like, wasn't informed until days later for some reason. Um, And, like, so basically no one knew that we were without a Secretary of Defense for a a number of days. Um, I'm not good with, like, official titles, so I'd forgotten, like, what Secretary of Defense is the job held by Donald Rumsfeld. So it's like the, the Rumsfeld job. So like kind of mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, or at least it has been in past administrations. And this um, year, the, uh, the secretary of defense became an unknown unknown. Yeah, there you go. He made himself a known unknown. Um, they, like, I guess he like put one of his subordinates in charge, like on acting secretary of defense duty, but like they were on vacation in <laughs> Puerto Rico and didn't know he was like going into the hospital and like they're they're saying the reason for this is because he's a very private person but it's also just confusing because according to like one former DOD chief of staff there is a system in place to keep track of high ranking officials at all times and even the deputy secretary of defense who assumed some of his duties after he was admitted to the hospital wasn't told why that was happening so he sounds like I don't know but partially it just sounds like toxic masculinity like just like yeah. oh my god i'm sorry i'm so tough that i didn't even think to report i was going in for a 
fucking medical procedure. I didn't even think about it. Okay. This just reminds me of like the Sopranos where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, it's his inability to, to be vulnerable or say what's wrong, right. what he's going through. Right. And so he just disappears for like three fucking days. Yeah. But really he was just, I don't know, in bed crying or something. Right. <laughs> he's it was at like, the therapist. Yeah. Just like, your dad calling you like three days after he gets out of the hospital be like hey i was in the hospital but everything's cool oh my god literally my dad <laughs> yeah like i think a lot of people have had experiences with that it's like it was so not a big deal because i'm so tough that my own death and infirmity doesn't even phase me bro it's like not a thing um i'm also wondering i think everybody's kind of wondering this is there any chance his medical procedure was just like like he's going to come back with the most beautiful calves in the world and everyone will just have to pretend like his routine medical procedure wasn't getting calf implants. Yeah, let you me know? look at a let me look at a picture of this guy and let's you bring up let's his calves <laughs> inappropriately postulate on what procedure he had done. <laughs> I'm thinking just just looking okay, so he looks like a black conservative. Uh uh-huh. and I, when I say that, I'm speaking of his hairline, if anybody's confused. You can always tell a black conservative by their hairline. Um, so I'm guessing hair transplant. He's going to come back. Oh, snap. With cornrows. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling cornrows. Come back I'm with an Eddie Munster hairline. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> just full widow. Shane Battier, like just the one inch of forehead. <laughs> Comes back with a two head. Like just the narrowest forehead because his hairline is just aggressive now it's like on his face oh um, man or it could be calf implants i like the idea that he's just like hey i mean i can't i'm i typed in lloyd austin calves but i didn't <laughs> i didn't find any good pictures yeah all right uh let's take a break we'll come back with a few more news stories uh we'll be right back yeah Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. We are back. And so a couple things I kept hearing on the anniversary of January 6th. Uh, like I said, congratulations, brother. You got away with being there on January 6th. Uh, I kept hearing that from my uh, comrades. But um, <laughs> the January 6th. So in the media, not from the people I was partying with on January 6th. Uh, in the media, the January 6th investigation was being described as the largest law enforcement operation in the history of U.S. law enforcement. Which, like, uh -huh. that seems, how is that possible? Excuse me? <laughs> I guess, like, it, I don't know. I feel like we should have spent more time on the JFK assassination, if that's true. The, the largest one is January 6th. Like, they all, like, filmed themselves. How? I don't uh, know. I mean, yeah, I guess when you look at the numbers here, uh, like, at least 2,000 2, people from each state participated in january 6 uh, according to these notes i'm like yeah 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 that yeah. was the other like thing that they kept mentioning was like it was at least two thousand people from each state which that, but then there that weren't a hundred thousand people there like storming the capital so our definition of like who was involved is pretty wide right that's um like anybody who shared a like dank meme suggesting that Mike Pence should be hanged, like it is considered somebody who participated. I'm not sure. It's yeah. Um, I mean, it seems like it's quieted down the <laughs> the insurrectionist community, uh, except for Donald Trump. Uh, maybe maybe everyone's just like kicking back and being like, "Yeah, we'll we'll be fine. He's going to be president again." So that's that's why it's been kind of quiet. But I'm sure this has had its intended effect, and a lot of people are shutting the fuck up about overthrowing the u.s government at this point well i mean i mean you remember what it was like they were it was like a dog catching a car they had no clue what to do once they got in there it was so yeah. embarrassing yeah. uh <laughs> like i don't know they stole that lectern and like waved at the camera <laughs> like literally, literally i remember watching that footage of people like once people got inside they were like holy shit yeah <laughs> like whoa look at all this like, they had no clue how to overthrow a government. And then there were, like, two people who were, like, fancied themselves as, like, operators 
big O yeah, operators. Like they, they had, they had, you know, they had the real the psychopaths like in yeah, the yeah. crowd. But it's like most of that crowd was like not. I don't think they were actually there. Yeah. To properly overthrow a government, they were just like, "Ooh, man, look at all this." Yeah. They're not going to have to. It turns out they're no. just going to reelect Donald Trump. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like the there were a handful of people in there who's like have self self-described nicknames like spider who are like oh my God. It, there to do damage um yeah but yeah it's it's wild like the the extent of the investigation was it was somewhat surprising to me um marjorie taylor green uh was scheduled to host a book signing that also specifically proclaimed that it would be held on the occasion uh of the third anniversary of january 6th with tickets ranging from 45 dollars to a thousand um, but the event's venue canceled the booking, claiming that it was pitched to them merely as a small book signing event, not a birthday party for an attempted insurrection. And so she had to like scramble last second. And there's a picture of her like signing books at an event where, but she was the only one pictured. <laughs> and there's just like thousands of books next to her um, without anybody in the picture with her, which suggests to me that maybe i feel like they would have added some people to the picture if anyone literally anyone had showed up to the event or if anyone knew photoshop right yeah <laughs> not <laughs> like, not their strong suit no it's also like appears to be at a daycare i don't know like <laughs> the, the play, like in the background there's like a barbie dream house and just like a bunch of toys it's very very strange Wait, but Barbie's all woke now. Yeah, what the heck? What the hell? All right, uh, there is a report from The Intercept uh, that CNN runs everything past the Jerusalem Bureau, um, and that's something that like CNN allows, like sa- says is, is the truth, but this is like extreme even for U.S. mainstream media because basically the Jerusalem Bureau has close ties to IDF censors. And so like one member of CNN's staff who spoke to The Intercept said that the internal review policy has had a demonstrable impact on coverage of the Gaza war. Every single Israel-Palestine related line for reporting must seek approval from the Jerusalem Bureau or when the Bureau is not staffed from a select few handpicked by the Bureau and senior management from which lines are most often edited with a very specific nuance that favors Israeli narratives. Yeah, I mean, you can you can see it. There's clearly, to me, there's clearly a mandate. Yeah. For Western Western uh, you know American media that like yeah there is a there is a line that you have to you have to stay within to report on this. Yeah. They also CNN also hired a former IDF soldier to contribute writing and reporting to CNN's war coverage. Um, her name has appeared on dozens of stories citing the IDF spokesperson and relaying information about the IDF's operations in Gaza. And she served in the IDF spokesperson unit before getting the job with CNN. But yeah, but just in terms of like the specific content of how this works, the C- CNN staff member said that basically like war crime and genocide are taboo words like those will get edited out and then israeli bombings in gaza will be reported as blasts attributed to nobody until the israeli military weighs in to either accept or deny responsibility uh quotes and information provided by israeli army and government officials tend to be approved quickly 
while those from Palestinians tend to be heavily scrutinized and slowly processed. So it's just a system that only favors one version of things, which is matches up with exactly what I feel like a lot of people feel like they've been seeing from outlets like CNN. Yeah, my, my partner was just talking to me yesterday about like, you know, all the the people that she like follows on Facebook who have been booted off of Facebook of all things for sub- merely supporting Palestine. Yeah. And yeah, it's just yeah, it's wild to see like what is clearly like a mandate happening of you can't actually report on this. You have to tell our truth and that's that's it. Yeah. And then just a a weird trend I noticed over the break that uh, multiple like mainstream media outlets were reporting on how cats kill so many animals (laughs) like that. We like I had talked about this a long time ago or like we we had uh, we had written an article back at Cracked like years ago about how there was a scientific consensus that when you look. You can tell whether an outdoor cat lives in a neighborhood by the health of the local bird population. Like they're just like walking, stalking, mass extinction events. <laughs> they're just crazy efficient killers. And when you let them roam free, they will kill everything in their path. And so I don't I just started seeing this pop up again. First the New York Times ran an article that was basically a summary of all the different types of living creatures that cats feast on, uh, which is like 2,000, including like close to 1,000 different types of birds, uh, but like also insects, lizards, sea turtles, uh, apparently like the babies. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it basically seems like the scientific consensus is coming around to like cats are outdoor cats are like invasive predators. So I don't know that that seemed to be kind of in line with what we've seen and like talked about before, but there's this article in the New Yorker that's like very by Jonathan Franz and the guy who wrote the corrections and it dropped on Christmas day. And it's just like very, he's a birder. He's like one of the people who like, you know, is really into uh, like what looking at birds and it's just full of like disgusting imagery of like feral cats that like makes you like start to think of like feral cats as like vermin. And, um, I, I'm, I think like everything in the article is reported, you know, I I don't think he's like making anything up, but it's just very strongly like anti uh, outdoor cat population. Yeah. You can feel the, like, we need to start killing these things. Am I right folks? Um, which I don't know, maybe, maybe that is the correct policy, but, it's uh it, it's pretty wild. It like two major stories that kind of had the same kind of implication popping up around a time when there's like so many cat lovers in the country. I th- I think the cats that they're talking about are generally like feral cats, but um still it's wild times. Bad times to be an outdoor cat out there, folks. Um, um well, as someone with toxoplasmosis um i love cats uh to an irrational degree and um leave the cats alone Um, are you do you have outdoor cats 
I, I used to let my cats out outside, and then we had this whole coyote problem. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't go outside. They anymore. kept eating coyotes. Your cat. But yeah, like <laughs> when when I let them when I let them out, oh yeah, just voracious, just yeah, reveling in murder constantly. Yeah, um, yeah. they are killing machines, uh, in, in to a supernatural degree. So yeah. not doubting this, that they kill billions of birds every year. Yeah, billions with a B, according to this but, article. But um, leave the cats alone, okay? Or it's ugly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like this is like going to hit, hit a... like I, I'm not taking a side one way or another, but I feel like this, this is going to be very controversial. Like, you know, just everywhere in America because there are so many cat people. And then it seems like there's a healthy push coming from people who think like cat populations need to be cold uh anyways uh cat people beware of jonathan franzen he's coming for your cats uh author of the corrections uh that is gonna do it for us on this monday january 8th we are uh, back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show a whole episode whole ass uh, until then, be kind to each other, be kind to yourselves, get the vaccine, don't do nothing about white supremacy, white and supremacy. we will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.